Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Crushing Real Estate with Brian Pham, where we interview real estate professionals around the industry. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and leave a very positive review. We release an episode every single Sunday, so stay tuned. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Crushing Real Estate. This week we have Darren. Darren is a superstar real estate syndicator in Texas. We're really excited to have him here this week. Hey, Darren, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Brian. I appreciate it. Look forward awesome. to it. Hey, can you walk us through how you got into real estate and your real estate journey? Uh, absolutely. So I've, I've had kind of changed career paths a number of times. Um, okay. I started out as a CPA with Pricewaterhouse. I wow. uh, went to work international audit uh, for mm-hmm. PepsiCo. Mm-hmm. And I uh, then wanted to get out of the accounting world, got into sales in the software space. So I was in the ERP software space uh, for, mm-hmm. with a, di- a couple different companies um, right before and then also during the dot-com boom. Oh, wow. Um, then I transitioned out of, out of software and went into um, um, basically working on a trading desk for a top 20 uh, worldwide bank. Mm-hmm. Selling large portfolios of resident, residential and multifamily loans uh, direct between banks. So you went from and, accounting to software sales to trading, and then right, oh, wow. exactly. And then then I was there for four years, and then I went and started my own business, mm-hmm. trading loan portfolios. I opened that business in two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. I still have that business. Um, worked with regionals, large multinational banks, um, as well as community banks across the country. Mm-hmm. And um, a couple of years ago, I just decided, you know, I, I kind of my business freed me up for some time mm-hmm. and said, I, I want to get into real estate, but I really didn't have an interest in doing single family. Mm-hmm. So um, I was looking to try to find a way to go to go bigger. Mm-hmm. And I went and bought a duplex. Okay. Um, That's pretty big. Just to start, <laughs> and, and and realize that you know it's going to take me a long time to build up big portfolios. So mm-hmm. I went to look bigger. I got involved in a mentorship group, and um, and then got into multifamily syndication. So oh, wow. um, it's been a great great couple of years, and I love the space. Mm-hmm. I love the people I'm meeting. Um, I love the people that put on podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a it's just a industry that everybody likes to work together and likes to help one another. And I love that. I, I definitely agree. I mean, just for our listeners, Darren and I actually haven't met yet, but he, he's super nice to let me interview him for the podcast. So don't oh. ever be afraid to reach out to people who are much better than you. That's how you get, that's how you grow your network. Well, I don't know if I would, <laughs> if I would use those words. Okay. <laughs> so we're all helping each other. We're all helping mm-hmm. each other. I agree. So you got into real estate syndication a couple of years ago. Correct. What was your first project like? Were you on the GP side of things or LP side of things? Um, so I started out as a, a limited partner. I wanted to see what it was like from the other side. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I actually invested in seven different uh, syndications wow. with, with with seven different sponsors too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it gave me a good feel for one, the process, two, um, the documents that are involved. The mm-hmm. first time you do a syndication as a passive investor, 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's a number of documents that that you have to sign up for, which yeah. is different than just buying a stock, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, just getting accustomed to those documents, mm-hmm. and then uh, looking at the different uh, approach and the different um, philosophy and the different style that each sponsor has. Of course, you know, gave me a good feel for okay, I like what they're doing here. I like what this guy is doing over here. I want to kind of mix and match and, and create my own style. That's really amazing. So how did you find these real, real estate syndication projects? How do you, you have any tips for your listeners to vet for them? Um, absolutely. So, uh, you know, two, two major ways. Uh, for me, I was looking to not only invest passively, but I was looking to learn the business and, and become a syndicator. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I could have done it on my own, mm-hmm. but it would have taken me much, much longer. So I actually, I joined a mentorship group. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, the mentorship group that I'm a part of is, is the Brad Sumrock group. And that's based oh, here in Dallas. That's a good one. And um, it, you know, it, it just shrunk the time that it would have taken me to be successful um, tremendously because, mm-hmm. you know, what, there's a, one part is the, is the education piece, but I mm-hmm. knew a lot about multifamily from trading multifamily laws for years. I didn't know how to buy a multifamily property. Um, but I knew the lingo, I knew that, you know, how do you underwrite it? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the network. So mm-hmm. once I joined that mentorship group, I'm exposed to all these people that have already done what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so you know, not just with syndication, but with anything, mm-hmm. you know, if you read good business books, they point you to, Hey, if you want to accomplish something, find somebody that's already done it, mm-hmm. find out how they did it and just follow what they did. And, and that's what, what I got out of the, the uh, multifamily mentorship group is there was a lot of people that had already been successful and I was able to lean on them, uh, for, for things like, you know, building your team. So, you know, who's the attorneys that you guys use? Who are the, who's the inspectors that you use for these big properties? You know, mm-hmm. I had a concern. I come from a finance accounting finance background, not an engineering background. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to go and buy a five or $10 million asset and not know if there was, you know, issues with the foundation or issues mechanically. Um, you know, that's not my expertise, mm-hmm. but the group, has relationships with a few inspectors that do a lot of business with other people. So there's, you know, they have skin in the game because they, if they mess up a project, mm-hmm. one syndicator is going to talk to other syndicators. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, it was key to be able to get to, you know, a lender property management company the inspecting team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just have, you know, on my cell phone, people that I can call and say, Hey, what are you doing in this situation? You know? Mm-hmm. So invaluable having that net, that network. Definitely. I think you also bring up really a lot of good points too, is that when you follow these people who've done it before, success leaves a lot of clues, you know, especially in real estate where you really don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to follow certain steps that certain people do. At the same time, it's like you have to figure out because everyone, ha- everyone has their style. You have to figure out what works well for you. You know, like, you're you're exactly right. Um, one thing I would add is that mm-hmm. you know when you think about even you know for me, I mean, 
I had been in business, started my own company. I've yeah. traded, you know, over 4 billion in loans, like, but it was still a new, you know, project. It was still something that I hadn't done before. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of steps that go in, into the process mm-hmm. and almost each step, you know, there was fear, like, you know, there's the unknown mm-hmm. and, um, you know, my advice to your listeners in getting involved is, is don't get hung up on the fact that you have to know it all mm-hmm. right away. Just focus on the next step, mm-hmm. you know, the next step that you have to do. And then you work on that step and then you start to master that step. And now when you look back on it, that step, you're not nervous about that step anymore, mm-hmm. but you're now you're nervous about the next one. You got to push through yeah. that fear. You know, you push through that fear and then you get over that and, and uh, you have to have faith and determination in yourself, you know, to get through the whole process. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. I mean, with your approach, it's like you could avoid analysis paralysis type of type of thing where it's like you get too scared that, that you don't even make a move, you know? Right. I think the worst thing you can do is like just have that fear hold you back. And two years from now, you'll look back and be like, man, I wish I took that step forward, you know? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I, I'll give you an example, even on the passive side. So mm-hmm. I invested in one deal really quick. Um, once I joined, I met a couple guys that I really liked. And I, I got into their next deal. Mm-hmm. The next uh, passive opportunity that got emailed to me, you know, I got it. I was like, I'm going to drive down there and check out the property. It was about 45 minutes south of where I am. I drive down there. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's right next to an auto body shop. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. like there were some cars in the parking lot that, that, you know, I was like, I don't know if I like this, you know, this property. Yeah. And, and I liked the syndicator a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I passed on that deal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I start looking for my own deals and it's probably two, three months later and I'm, I'm looking at some other properties and I drive by this property and I look over and I'm like, oh, my God, that's the property I went and looked at like the first month after I joined. I said, I would buy that property all day long now. <laughs> but in the beginning, like I hadn't seen enough, mm-hmm. you know, so I... I was looking at it from a perspective of I wouldn't want to probably live there, mm-hmm. but in terms of looking at it in terms of a, an investment opportunity, Hey, there's things I could do to, to make this property nicer mm-hmm. and nicer for the tenants that live here. Mm-hmm. And there's already other properties down the street that have proven that they can get higher rents if mm-hmm. they upgrade the facilities. So I had a change of mindset, saw the same property, you know, three, four months later, mm-hmm. and I would have invested in that deal all day long. That's amazing. So, you know, there's a lot of steps like that, that mm-hmm. you just have to go through, um, to, to get comfortable. Yeah. I mean, it's just repetition to get better and better, you know? Yeah. It's, it's also the same with me and flipping as well. Like, I look oh, at, I'm sure you've gone through that, right? Exactly. I look at some houses where at the beginning of my career, I would never flip that. I'm like, oh, would anyone would touch this crap. And right. now I'm like, why can't I find any more of this crap? <laughs> right. You're looking, you're looking for it, right? I mean, <laughs> the, you, you see value in it where you didn't see value before. 
yeah. you know, and, th and that comes with experience. Yeah. And I also think that um, I would imagine this happened to you on the single family side as well, is that I, you know, I ha I've had this experience on the loan trading side. I had it, had it here on the um, multifamily side. I'm sure you, you've gone through it where, you know, you, you look at a deal and you may think it's overvalued or you, or you can't get to price and then you see somebody else mm -hmm. pay more for it. Yeah. And, and once you start seeing one, two, three, four, four properties trading at similar values, mm -hmm. then you start to realize that's where the market is. Mm -hmm. You know, I, if I don't, you know, if I don't up my price, I'm not going to get anything. Agreed. And then, and then you see them take that property, which, mm -hmm. you know, the first one, you're probably like that guy overpaid. Yeah. And then all, all of a sudden you see he puts work into it and he sells it for a nice profit. And you're like, uh, wow, right. you know, I missed out on that opportunity. Yeah. And so you start to develop that confidence on one, where, where's the market mm -hmm. and two, you know, having the courage to, to actually step up definitely, and, and, and put a bid on it. Yeah. I mean, you definitely bring up a lot of good points too. You know, like it comes all the way back to how well do you know your market? Right. I, mean, I, can't, I can't emphasize that enough. Like you can't make these like quote unquote, like risky decisions if you don't understand how the market is performing. Right. You know, a lot of times that uh, you, you kind of just take someone else's word for it and you're like, okay, I saw so-and-so said the market is doing really well here. But unless you do your own due diligence, like you can get burned really, really quickly, you know? Absolutely. And, and, and each little sub market is different, right? Exactly. I mean, you know, so it, it's knowing the area, knowing what other comparable properties are, are around um, mm -hmm. to, to value them against. Yep. And, um, you know, also we're, you know, we happen to be in a very good place in the DFW market here in Dallas because, market. you know, population growth you know people keep moving here mm -hmm. and the properties that we look to syndicate are our bc properties built in the 1960s 70s and 80s mm -hmm. well they're not building any more of that mm -hmm. you know so there's a finite amount of 60s 70s 80s product mm -hmm. all the new apartment complexes are new construction complexes that are going to you know, the, you know, much, much higher, uh, price point level. Mm -hmm. So the people that are moving into town, moving in this, into DFW, that are looking for an affordable place to live. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they're, ha they're having to go into this BC market. So mm -hmm. it's giving, uh, it's providing the opportunity to upgrade. And if, if there's certain tenants that, you know, they don't, they don't want to pay the upgraded price, then they, you know, mm -hmm. they move down the street at a, you know, one that's run down, there's somebody else moving into town that sees value in that. Definitely. I think you also bring up a really good point too. It's like you have your certain criteria that you look for, you know, you know, for a fact, you're going to target these BC buildings built in nice and right. safety. I think that a lot of, I would say like new investors come in and be like, I just want a C-class building, but they kind of neglect what year it is because C-class can mean a lot of things, you know, B-class can mean a lot of things. Like right. The fact that you know what year you want and what kind of condition you like, that's, that's really, really strong for a strong criteria to become a successful syndicator, in my opinion. Yeah, so, you know, it's kind of a broad range, 60s, 70s, 80s. I bid on a lot of properties. Mm -hmm. that were 1960s and 70s. 
um, before getting uh, the first deal, which so the, the properties that I was bidding on 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. I didn't end up winning those deals. Okay. Um, they, they have boilers and chillers. I don't know if you've heard of that before, mm-hmm. um, but you know, basically a large AC unit that powers the whole property, <laughs> oh, you know? Wow. So if, if that goes down in the middle of the summer, mm-hmm. every one right? of your tenants is not happy. Yeah. And, and it's not a matter of a quick fix to replace it. You know, one, it's, it's very expensive mm-hmm. to get a new one. And then two, it takes some time to put one new one in. So, uh, when I when I got the opportunity for the 76 unit deal, it was actually an early 80s uh, product, and it was townhomes. Mm-hmm. So they had individual ACs, individual hot water heaters. You know, I'm very thankful that I didn't have to deal with the maintenance yeah. of a of a boiler or a chiller. Yeah. Having said that, I'm still looking at those properties today for my second mm-hmm. deal. You know, I don't know what I'll end up with, but definitely. Can you kind of walk us through that 76 unit? It's your first syndication project, right? Yeah, absolutely. What was your mindset like going through doing this all on the GC side of things, GP side of things, sorry. Yeah. So, you know, in the beginning, Mm -hmm. like just like the the, um, passive side, you know, if you go back, you know, I probably put my first offer in March of 2018. um, Yeah. And uh, my came home, my wife, told her I put my offer in. It was a 64 unit uh, deal in, in Denton. And um, she's like, are you excited? And I'm like, I'm scared jitless. Like what happened? <laughs> she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, what if they accept it? You know, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was, I was still fearful. Like, but there were two, two other parties that outbid me and mm-hmm. I didn't win the deal. But that gave me confidence that, you know, I wasn't overpaying that, you know, the underwriting, you know, worksheet that we were using was legitimate mm-hmm. and we were, we were looking at it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I looked at a number of other deals and bid on a number of other deals between March and September and, you know, didn't land those deals, but each deal I learned mm-hmm. and I also got became more and more confident, you know, on each one of those deals. So when it came time for this one, I was working with a broker that I worked on uh, another deal with. I didn't win that deal, but we had a relationship. Um, he, he ended up telling me, Hey, check out this deal. I looked at it and I was going to, um, you know, I drove by it and I didn't know that sub market and I was going to pass on the deal. I called him and said, I'm going to pass. Mm-hmm. He called me back three days later and said, Darren, you have to meet me at the property. Okay. So that was, you know, that's key because if, if I hadn't developed a relationship with him on another project, mm-hmm. even though I didn't win the deal, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have called me and said, you know, Hey, you need to, you need to take a look at this property. Yeah. And I, pro- I probably, you know, look, I might still be looking for my first property. So mm-hmm. I went down there. I looked at it and then what he told me was true. And, and so I was like, yep, I like the property. Now I have to dig in more and make sure that I can, you know, raise the rents. I feel look at some other properties Mm -hmm. in the area and uh, try to find out, you know, what are they leasing units for and what are their, what's the property look like? And if I can bring my property up to their level Mm -hmm. and I get that, 
rent. And, um, you know, I just happened to go into a few properties and they just opened, spilled the beans. Like this market's so great. We're raising rents like every three months. People keep moving in. Um, You know, it's a great market. Mm -hmm. Incomes keep going up for our tenants. Mm -hmm. And, um, and one of them actually knew the property that I was looking at. They said, you're looking at, this property aren't you and i said Mm -hmm. i said yeah and uh she just went off saying i lived in that town for 10 years and and um you know i think it's in a great area and you know so all these little things that made me feel like the deal's getting better Mm -hmm. you know um then i went and i i couldn't do the deal on my own okay so i got to the point where i got all the underwriting i I felt like I had a good chance of winning the deal, mm-hmm. but they're not going to award the deal to a new guy who doesn't have yeah, that's really you know, any, any experience. So I need to partner with somebody. So I'm like, okay, well, who do I want to partner with? Um, you know, I call my coach from my mentorship group and I say, Hey, this is who I'm thinking of, of asking for my coach. Mm-hmm. He said, that's perfect. He actually has another property like within two or three miles of your property. Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't even, I didn't know that. And so I call him, uh, his name's Raj Gupta out of Chicago. Okay. I never would have met him if I wasn't part of this mentorship group. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm a guy in Dallas. He's a guy in Chicago, but we met on a number of occasions and we, we hit it off and mm-hmm. he, he's a guy that's been in the real estate world for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, I called him. He said, yeah, let me take a look at it. I sent him the underwriting. He said, yeah, I I know where it is. I like it. I like the deal. And um, so I, I bring his resume, his experience Mm -hmm. and combined between the two of us. Now we're, we're a much stronger buying uh, GP buying group. Mm -hmm. And um, so, so without him, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gotten the deal. And um, on top of that, you know, being a first-time asset manager and syndicator, you know, what was very important to me was maximizing returns for the investors. I didn't want to have a bunch of rookie mistakes, mm-hmm. you know, that cost, you know, not just me, but the entire investment team um, in having lower returns. Mm-hmm. So, having Raj on my team is fantastic. He's like my board of directors. So all the major decisions, I kind of run the day to day, but all the major decisions I go to Raj and say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking of doing. Mm -hmm. You know, what are your thoughts? And a lot of times they'll say run with it, but sometimes they'll say, Hey Darren, maybe we should think about this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, ah, I didn't think about that. And, (laughs) And so then we like, you know, we change the ship you know, we change direction just a little bit mm-hmm. and, and take a little bit of different approach. And that comes from his wisdom, his experience from doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's where this whole team uh, environment really, really is critical. Yeah. That's definitely a really strong inspirational story. I mean, listen to that story. Like it's very clear that you built your own momentum. You know, you started with little wins, like you didn't know exactly what, exactly what we were doing at the time, but you started a little wins anyway and slowly became more comfortable and you started gaining momentum. You started to figure out 
what your strengths and weaknesses are and what you need to move forward, you know? In right. your case, it's like you're lacking some experience, so you found an experienced partner. And this right. partner comes with a lot of mentorship as well. Someone that you could rely on for you to protect the investor's money and maximize return. Which exactly. Is, which, is a, which is a very similar story to myself as well. I mean, when I, was, when I started putting offers on like million dollar houses, a yeah. part of me deep down inside, hope I didn't get the house. <laughs> In the beginning, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, you're like, look, if I make a mistake on this size project, yeah. like it'll, it'll bury me, right? Exactly. And, and it'll ruin your reputation. Like, so in, in this space, and I'm sure in your space as well, you know, reputation is critical. So, Definitely. you know, you know, it's not about just how many deals you can do. It's, uh -huh. it's about actually delivering the returns that you uh -huh. project. If, yeah. you, if you're not able to do that, you, you have an investor for one time, they're not going to reinvest with you. Of course. You, you always want people to reinvest back into your project. And the right. only way you do that is to protect your word and their money. Right. As soon as you lose one of those, it's over. They're going to move on. And on top of that, exactly. you have a group of friends not to invest in you. Right. Friends, family, coworkers, you know, so absolutely. Definitely. So that's a great story. So for the next section of the podcast, I want to shift it over to for our listeners to understand more about you. So okay. for this section, I always ask, Hey, Darren, what keeps you motivated? What is your why? What do you want to invest into real estate, and especially syndications? Yeah. Um, so one of the things I love about, you know, the syndication space is that, you know, we've, we've talked about team a lot, you know, uh, earlier. Um, but when I was in the corporate world, you know, and I was in sales or I was on the trading desk, mm -hmm. it was all about how much money Darren can make. Yeah, for for me and my family, mm -hmm. um, and then when I started my own business, it was all the profits. You know, are I own the business, mm -hmm. but with these syndications, I what I think is so fantastic is that mm -hmm. like so this deal we have forty four limited partners. Oh okay? wow, and. And a number of them are from the multifamily group and a number of them are from my personal network. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that I can see that we're like, we've already grown the net operating income by over 20% mm -hmm. in, in like eight months. But so I can see the valuation of the property going up, mm -hmm. but it's not just about me. Like I'm helping all these other people grow their wealth. I like that. You know? I, I couldn't have done it without them, right? I couldn't have bought the property without them. But what's really cool is that it's collectively, we're all growing our wealth together. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's the first time, you know, I'm 49 years old. I mean, you know, it, this is the first time that I've been involved with like a group investment where we all win together. And so um, it's just a nice feeling, you know? It is. it is. And one thing I firmly believe in my own belief system is that if you help, if you help enough people reach their goals, you'll reach your goal as well. Right. You know? Right. Uh, I like that whole mentality that, you know, why can't we all be wealth, wealthy together, you know? Yeah. Abundance. And then after a certain point, I mean, so there's a piece of, 
piece of it is that, okay, I want to get to a certain point and everybody's number is different, right? A, a okay. passive income monthly of X that gives me freedom of time and freedom mm-hmm. of money, right? Of um, but what another thing that drives me is I always love to just one up myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So even I can see this business, you know, it's not something that I'm looking to do for three or four years and then make a certain nut and then I'm out. Mm-hmm. Like it's something that I could do when I'm in my seventies. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean so it's it's not um it's not an I have to go to the office nine to five, mm-hmm. you know, type of job. It's it's deal specific and and it's flexible in terms of when you want to go visit the property and and when you want to review you know, the asset management ports. So what drives me is, okay, now I did a 76 unit deal. Well, now I want to do hundred plus unit deal. Mm-hmm. Then I want to do 150 unit. Mm-hmm. Then I want to do a 200 unit. Wow. Then a 300 unit. Like, mm-hmm. and, and at some point there's, a, there's enough money coming in, but it's the game. It's the, exactly. it's, the it's, it's, it's the, it's the, you know, pushing your limit and, you know, and it's that little, that fear, mm-hmm. you know, is also adrenaline, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, can I do this? I think I can. I think I can, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you're determined to do it, but it's something new versus if you just do the same thing over and over and over. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I kind of lose some of that um, excitement, you know, yeah. so the journey it's more you know, to try to one up yourself, I mm-hmm. think is is what's exciting to me. Definitely, that's 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 a great source of motivation. You know, like you definitely emphasize that it's it's only you should be your only competition going forward. Right. And there's a lot of times where we can compare ourselves to our peers, or friends, or family, and right. it kind of gets us down. But but at the end of the day, like the competition you should only 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 have is against yourself, which is very clear with yourself. Like it sounds like. You know what you want. You know how to push yourself. You know everything that motivates and how you tick. So yep, that's that's amazing. That's amazing, Darren. And, and you know, it, it's just life experience. You mm-hmm. know, when I, I've had an, and I'm sure your listeners ha- have it too. You, you know, when you surround yourself with like-minded people, mm-hmm. people are telling you you can do it. But everybody has their own other network, their yeah. friends, their family. And they're not always the most supportive. Yeah. Right. So, so when I was an accountant and I was working for Pepsi and, and, and Price Waterhouse and I was going to go into sales, people were like, you're crazy. You know, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. And, and then I did. And, you know, each step furthered my career. And mm-hmm. also it was a new learning process, you know, so I like to make a, more money, but I also like to learn. Exactly. Um, so those those two things are important to me. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's not just one. I like the, the combination of those two. Definitely, I'm ve- I'm very much the same way as well. You know, like before I got into real estate, I was a software developer in the San Francisco Bay Area. <laughs> right, <laughs> and then you made and then you made a change to flip flipping. Exactly. It's not because I was curious about the money because I needed yeah. to learn something else because I, I want to continue growing. You know, it's a growth mindset that I think we all share. 
that I think every person that comes in the podcast has. It's like, how can I challenge myself to do something better, do something bigger than myself, have a bigger impact, you know? And it's, Well, yeah. I, I also applaud you. You know, it takes a lot of courage to, to start a podcast, you know? <laughs> it does. And, and to put yourself out there and, you mm-hmm. know, go out and introduce yourself to, to new people, you mm-hmm. know, like, and the fear of rejection, you, you know, um, look, that, that took, you know, that took courage to start. And then you had to learn, well, what's involved with doing it? How do I do it? And exactly. um, so, and then you made it happen, yep. you know, and now you're meeting people, you know, all over the country and mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, I applaud you for doing that. Awesome. Thank you so much. I mean, I, I was, I'm obviously like kind of, you know, I have a lot of fears about rejection and whatnot, but I was listening to a TED, TED talk recently or a couple, couple months back about the hundred days of rejection where his entrepreneur went up stage and he was talking about, I, I saw, I saw that guy. Saw that? Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. I know, right? So I, he, I actually saw him speak, um, mm-hmm. at a, at a Christian conference. He was a speaker uh, at, um, uh, I forget what it's called, the Christian Leadership Summit. Um, mm-hmm. But he was one of the speakers. He was hilarious. And some of those videos he has mm-hmm. are, are really funny. He got someone at Krispy Kreme Donuts to build an Olympics, Olympic sign using yeah. donuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was trying to get people to say no. Mm-hmm. And, and some people would just say yes. They didn't have it in them. They, they wanted to do everything they could to say mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Which... which that also shows you that there's some good people out there in the world. You know? It's also a pretty invaluable lesson too, you know, like, like if we don't ask, you don't get, and that's right. the way it works in life. You know, sometimes you just have to go out there and you just have to ask because the worst you get is to know. And what you right. realize is like that doesn't really impact who you are, how your life is going to perform. But you know, every no you guess, every no that you get is closer, closer to a yes. And that's what matters yeah. for entrepreneurial men, like mind, mindset. You know, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Awesome. I guess as we are approaching the end of the podcast, um, what kind of advice and tips do you have someone starting out in not just real estate syndication, but investing in general? Like how can they overcome their fears? Um, I'm going to focus it towards real estate. Um, so my advice, so I talked to a bunch, I talked to a lot of people that, reach out to me on Instagram Mm -hmm. and um, you know, a a lot of them, the the first step is one of two things from my Mm -hmm. perspective. If you have the capital, okay, Mm -hmm. you you have the money, um, then I advise you to find a mentorship group. Um, There's, you know, a number of, you know, if you want to get into multifamily, there's a number of multifamily mentorship groups. I mentioned the one I'm in, but there's also mm-hmm. some other great ones. I've met some really great syndicators in other groups as well. Um, and the value to that is what I talked about earlier is that you get plugged into a network of like-minded people and you, mm-hmm. and you can leverage all of their experience. Definitely. Um, so, so that's huge. But then I also talked to some, they're like, Darren, I don't have the capital. So, so, okay, well, if you don't have the capital, then I would look up in your market 
Um, and some, you know, most people know the, the app Meetup, um, mm. but but you know, a lot of people don't that I talk to. They're like, I don't, I don't know that app. You know, I'm like, well, get the app on your phone, and That's then not ever, yeah, and then put in. Don't put in just real estate. You know, if you're interested in multifamily, put in apartment investing or multifamily investing, mm-hmm. and then try to find meetups that are just focused on multifamily. And then when you go there, you know, your goal is to meet as many of the syndicators as possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your number one goal, um, exchange business cards so that when they have deals, mm-hmm. they'll send them to you. And even if you don't have money to invest, you can learn by looking at their emails, getting on their webinar and, and seeing how they present the deal. Um, mm-hmm. It's very part important for the learning process. And then the second thing I advise them to do is, you know, if you meet three, four, five syndicators, they don't have the time to spend a half hour, 45 minutes with you at the meetup. So try to get them to meet with you at Starbucks, you know, later in the week, mm-hmm. one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your goal for that is you're picking their brain, but you're also trying to figure out, you know, hey, would you, would there be an opportunity for us to work together? Definitely. Because you know, they they're going to have to find somebody mm-hmm. that has experience to partner with. You, you, you're just not going to win a deal without mm-hmm. an experienced guy as your partner. Definitely. I agree. And also like, I want to add to that as well. I think what worked for me when I first began is sometimes it's okay to go out to these meetup groups and admit that you don't know anything. Right. It's perfectly fine because some people at some point in their career actually like mentoring other people. Right. The fact that you you go out there and you have a fresh perspective, you're super excited, you're super enthusiastic. Some people, some some veteran investors really like that mentality, and they'll take you on as mentee. You know, so don't afraid to admit to people that, that you don't know anything. It's okay. Everybody starts at the beginner at one stage at any point of stage in their career. It, you know? That's it's it's a great 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 point, and mm-hmm. and I happen to enjoy helping peop- other people, and so I. We'll talk to some people and, and, you know, at, at the end, I'm like, this guy most likely will never be an investor in one of my mm-hmm. deals. But if he ever gets a deal and comes back and lets me know, and I had anything to do with that, mm-hmm. that is fantastic. Like that, I get so much out of that. Like mm-hmm. not financially, but I spent my time with him. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you want it to go somewhere. And I had so many people help me. Mm-hmm. So for me to give back and help others, you know, it, it, it's, um, you know, it's a pleasure. So definitely, I agree with that statement. You know, like you never know. But, but there's people that are afraid, like you said, I'm glad you told your listeners that because mm-hmm. there are people that are afraid to say, I don't know, I need help, you know? Yep. It's, it's not, it's never, it's never a bad thing to tell the truth. You know, right. What you don't know is you don't know. You just get better, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, definitely. So I guess the last question on my podcast is, what is your favorite book or podcast that you listen to that really inspired you? Holy cow. Um, got so many books that I love. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, Rich Dad, Poor Dad was obviously... Um, um, the Game Changer. The, uh, the, yeah, uh, Napoleon Hill. Uh, mm-hmm. All his books are really good. Yeah, Napoleon Hill book, fantastic. Um, 
The Darren Hardy book I just recently read was fantastic. Compound effect. Um, what's that? Is that the compound effect book? The, com- the compound effect. Yes. Yeah. That, that was re- that was really good. Um, you know, I have a morning routine where I, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I typically wake up really early in the morning with before anybody else. Um, I come to my office. I read one chapter of the Bible, and then, um, and then I read, you know, a business book and. Mm-hmm. I'm currently reading um, Tim Ferriss's, not the four um, they work, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, four hour work week, yeah. but he's got like something of Titans. Oh, Tools um, of Titans. Tools of Titans. Yeah. And when I got that book, this is a big that, book, man. <laughs> yeah, it looks like an encyclopedia. Yeah. And I set it aside. I was like, oh my gosh, that thing looks like a bear, right? Mm-hmm. And but I get myself a coffee and he broke it out into three sections, um, like physical health, wealth, and, um, and wisdom. Mm-hmm. And so, but each like person that he interviewed, it's only like two or three pages of mm-hmm. like their advice. Really and so I, yeah. Yeah. I tell my wife, I said, you know, I'm looking forward to the three people I'm going to have, I'm going to have coffee with this morning. She's like, what do you mean? Um, you know, oh, you're talking about your book again. You know, like <laughs> because look, when you read those two or three pages, like mm-hmm. you you get in the mind definitely of you know these people that have have accomplished so much, mm-hmm. and I feel privileged that I'm able to tap into that. Um, so anyway, that wasn't one I talked. It's okay. A little bit more we than like suggestion of books here. Uh, all right, good. <laughs> Awesome. Hey, Darren, how can our listeners find out more about you and reach you? Uh, best way, uh, Instagram. I'm at, at Batchelder Darren, which is, which is spelled B-A-T-C-H-E-L-D-E-R mm-hmm. and then D-A-R-I-N. Um, that's probably the best way you can um, instant message me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also got uh, podcasts on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, another, I also have an email address. You can email at dbatchelder at t z k and then the word properties dot com. Awesome. Um, make sure you include those in the show notes as well. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Awesome, Darren. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Hey, Brian. I appreciate you having me on. And if you're ever in the Dallas area, please look me up, and I'll do the same when awesome. I'm in the Bay Area. Oh, do you? Thank you. All right. Take care.